Welcome to the podcast. I am Tesla. And I am Alicia Adams. We are the founders of 1111 Talent Collective, which is a recruitment agency that specializes in the retail apparel and consumer goods industry. So we do not do anything without first understanding and really grounding in what our intention is. And for us and in every aspect of our business, our intention is to share information, to educate, to inspire and always add value. So what our commitment is in this podcast is that you'll receive three tangible tactical takeaways from every single episode that you can implement in your daily life tomorrow. Episode two is on resume 101. So the top five foundations of building a resume. I mean, I think we could do about 30 episodes on how to write a resume Mm -hmm. and all of the do's and don'ts over the years of things we've seen. But we want to start just with the foundational elements to your resume. The fundamentals. Yes. Awesome. All right. So if we're thinking fundamentals, we do. I do have some wine. (laughs) Can you get it? Okay. Okay. So while Tess is going to get us some wine, I will tell you that we are going through waves of feeling so awkward on this platform. And we just listened to um, Brene Brown's new podcast on FFTs. And for those of you that don't know what that means or hasn't listened to it, it means your fucking first time. And we are so in that right now with this podcast. I'm pretty sure drinking is not on her list of steps to take, but you know what? We're all learning. Okay, Tess, resumes. Awesome. This is going to be so helpful because I think when we get down to the real basics, resumes can be such a powerful introduction to who you are and what you've done. Mm -hmm. And I think as we look at trends and we're always looking at trends, you know, we actually don't predict that resumes will be a part of the future interview process. However, they are very much still a part of today's job application process. So we're going to take you through five foundational pieces to creating a really great resume. So Alicia, kick us off with number one. Okay, so number one, I'm going to talk about the summary at the top of your resume. So there's been many studies done on how long a hiring manager or a recruiter will spend on a resume when they're going through hundreds. And the answer is six seconds. So you have six seconds to grab the hiring manager's attention. And so often, obviously, they're going to start at the top of the resume where your summary is. Mm-hmm. What is else this, do people call yeah, that? They call it an objective summary yes. or it's like a really quick snapshot as to who you are and what you've done. Right. So if you have an objective, scratch that out. You don't need to say that you're looking to land a job. Most right. people will assume that. Um What you want to write is a summary. So exactly what you said, a quick snapshot of who you are. And so the first thing I want to say about the summary is you actually should um, tailor it to the job that you're applying for. So don't write one summary and assume that it's going to be transferable to all the places you're applying to. You want to look specifically at the open position and make it really easy for the hiring manager or the recruiter to connect the dots of how you are 
a viable candidate for the role. That's so good. So you want to make it really easy for them to see why you're fit for this position. Exactly. Exactly. And so you're going to do that by focusing on specific results that you've had in your career. So be really specific and include data. So let's say you are an HR professional and you have improved employee engagement by 20% in your organization. Put that in your summary. It's a highlight of your career. It's something you're proud of. It's something that's going to make you stand out and it's relevant to the role that you're applying for. Love that. And it's also good talking points, right? Once you get into the interview. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And so stay away also from general terms in your summary. So if you're going to say, I'm a highly successful HR professional. Great. What does that mean? How is that tangible? This is where you want to bring in the data metrics and accomplishments that you're really, really most proud of. And that you think will make you stand out. So you're not just regurgitating the job description Mm -hmm. or your job responsibilities. You're actually using data of what you've accomplished in that role. So good. Highlights. Highlights. In the summary. Okay. The third thing that you're going to want to do in your summary is include the industries and types of organizations that you have worked in. So if you are applying within the same industry, you and I both have backgrounds in retail apparel. If we're applying to another company within that industry, we want to highlight that because most likely that's what they are looking for. So you want to draw attention to this. Now, if you are applying to a new industry, you're going to want to highlight the cross-functional skills that you learned in your current industry and how it applies to the new industry. So for example, we've worked in retail apparel, but we've worked in high growth founder-led companies. So say we want to switch over to the tech industry. That would be a really good way to make the connection and again, draw the dots for the hiring manager Mm. and the recruiter that what you've learned or what you've done in your previous work is very applicable to the tech industry. Awesome. So how long should the summary be? The summary should be, I would say, three to four sentences. Remember, you have six seconds to capture the attention of the hiring manager. So keep that in mind when you're writing it. Awesome. Great. Okay, Alicia. So what is the second thing we should keep in mind for resume foundations? Great. So the second thing is in the body of the resume. So when you're writing out what positions you've previously worked in, let's say your most current role, you're a copywriter for Everlane. Instead of the bullet points underneath your title being what your responsibilities were in the position, I want you to write what your accomplishments were in the role. As a recruiter, that's what I want to see. I know what a copywriter does, what the function of that role is, Mm -hmm. what you should write out in a very concise way. So again, You want to keep it specific and short and measurable. Do it in three to four bullet points for each position and make it focused on what you're really proud of, what you accomplished Mm -hmm. in that role. And so could an accomplishment be a 
say if you're a copywriter at Evelyn, a big campaign that you worked on that was a global campaign? Is that an accomplishment? Yes, a hundred percent. Even if other people worked on it as well? Yeah, Great. yeah, absolutely. And I would be as specific as you could be about what your contribution was. Right. You don't want to draw attention to the hiring manager that you're owning something that they know is well beyond your scope. Um, so be as honest as you can, but provide, again, kind of think back to those tips that I said about the summary, provide as much data and specific information you can around your accomplishments, not your responsibilities. The only exception I would say is if you had something outside of your scope that was not typical to a copywriter right? or that you know in other companies, copywriters don't do this. Maybe you're in a smaller, more nimble company and you took on another piece of work that is relevant to the role you're applying for and you want to highlight that. Okay, got it. Again, I would see that as an accomplishment. So it should be, it still falls into the same bucket. Awesome. Okay, so clear. I love that. Take us through number three. Okay, number three is the actual template that you're using to build your resume. So we have seen all kinds of <laughs> resumes. I'm just trying to think what the most shocking one was that I saw. I've, I had one that was submitted on an Excel <laughs> worksheet. That is awesome. It was insane. Um, a lot of people will export their LinkedIn profile, which is not right ideal um if you actually look at them um after you've exported it into a pdf it's not Mm -hmm. a great representation often unless you have a killer linkedin profile even then the formatting and just how it flows and reads i don't think it's an awesome so do you have a solution for templates i do yes so i would recommend to go to etsy google resume templates and there are literally hundreds of them built by graphic designers that you can input your information into it's all templated um they're beautiful they're functional and they cost like six dollars okay that's a really good tip so that was etsy e-t-s-y yes etsy Etsy, where you like go to buy crafts (laughs) okay awesome that's a really good tip Um, and so alicia like how important like you've got your template you've inputted your resume um like how important is formatting and spelling to a hiring manager or recruiter that's seeing your resume oh my god it is everything we literally are looking at hundreds of resumes a day and essentially formatting and the aesthetics of a resume depending on how it how it's laid out makes it easier or harder to read and absorb the information Mm. so when something's more beautiful when something's more clear when the formatting and the font are all on point it allows us to absorb that information which is what you want you want them to really be focusing in on your accomplishments and what you have to say and not looking at it thinking this is a mess why are all these fonts different why is this out of line because you hear those myths that like if you have spelling errors on your resume it kind of discounts you straight away or the recruiter or hiring manager won't put you forward Mm -hmm. is that true I mean you just don't know I would say it's 50 50 so I would err on the side of caution Mm -hmm. and be really really have a keen eye on your formatting and spell check Um, you know I've had people that um, 
have incredible backgrounds and I've noticed spelling errors. And because they were such a niche role, I've actually either fixed it myself or contacted them to fix it before I put it forward. But not everyone's going to do that. Right. Um, and again, especially if you're applying to roles where there's hundreds of people applying, it's so easy to just move to the next one and not have mm-hmm. to deal with the hiring manager pointing those things out to you as totally. if you didn't see them. Right. So err on the side of caution, get multiple people to review your resume before you submit it. Cause you're going to have looked at it for a couple of hours. It's all going to blur together. Mm-hmm. Um, make sure your formatting, your fonts are consistent and spell check the hell out of it. Awesome. Okay. Great tip. So templates again, mm-hmm. available at Etsy, pay the $6, to make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> um, one more tip on that, that just popped into my head. If for some reason your spell check isn't working with the Etsy template or whatever template you're using, I would copy and paste all of the content into a word document so that you can spell check check it there there. yeah that's a double check okay great so we're up to tip number four tip number four so this could almost have slotted into tip number three but I think it's so important it deserved its own point and that is around the length of the resume I think there's so many misconceptions or ideas around the resume needing to fit on one page or, um, or even people that, you know, are 20, 25 years into their career. It's almost the opposite. They feel like they have to include every single role they've ever had. Right. So how long is too long in your opinion? Yeah, I would say anything over three pages is not going to be read. Um, Ideally, I would say keep it to one to two, depending on your seniority level. I've seen them go up to three and it's still manageable. But anything beyond that, I would say absolutely is a no-go and you need to really kind of whittle it down or think about what you're including. Okay, got it. So two pages is the ideal one to two. One so depending two. on how much, okay. you know, career So you don't have to try experience. to jam it all onto one page like a lot no, of people do. No, no, definitely not. <laughs> and if you're finding that um, your resume is longer than two pages and you're not an executive, review that. Look at each role. Is it relevant? Like you don't need to put your roles that you had in high school or, right. you know, when you're fresh out of college, unless it's relevant. Mm-hmm. And you can even have... Um, less bullet points for those earlier roles. Like you'll really want to beef up your most current mm-hmm. um, positions and accomplishments, but those earlier roles, maybe they're relevant, but you don't need to have, you know, paragraphs of information. Got it. All right. So the last tip, tip number five in resume 101, what do you have for us? So this is around what kind of essential information you need to have on your resume, i.e. your contact information. Believe it or not, some people leave this off. It's an oversight. Again, maybe they forward you their LinkedIn profile, which is another reason not to convert that to a resume. doesn't have your contact information on it. So you want it to be really clear at the top how to get a hold of you. If your resume looks awesome and you're a candidate, they're shortlisting, make it super simple have your cell phone number, your email address. Do not include your home address. It is so unnecessary and actually in some cases creates bias 
from the hiring manager totally. or recruiter. Yes. And um, we want to avoid that at all costs. 100%. So leave that off. The other piece of essential information that I... Th- I think is it's a little bit old school, but I see it all the time, is you don't need to have a line at the bottom that says references available upon request. That is a given. So save yourself the space because I know space is critical on a resume and leave that off. What about if we were like, what about like volunteer stuff, charity stuff, all your personal development courses? Like what's your opinion Mm -hmm. on that? Should that Mm -hmm. be on your resume? Yeah, I think it's important to paint a picture of yourself and kind of, again, make yourself stand out a little bit, but keep it in check. Do you need to go back to when you were candy striping in high school? (laughs) Probably not. If it's relevant, sure, but use, you know, use your gut, Mm -hmm. bounce it off a couple of people. And again, you're going to want to tailor stuff like that to the position you're applying for. Or the brand you're applying to. Exactly, exactly. Awesome. This has been so great. And again, we're just talking about the foundation. So once you have these down, we can take it to the next level. Like Alicia said, there's so much to chat about on this topic, but this is a really great place to start. Beautiful. Okay. And here is the review of your tactical takeaways from this episode. Number one, perfect the summary at the top of your resume. Number two, focus on achievements, not responsibilities in the body of your resume. Number three, formatting is key. Use a template and Etsy is a great resource for this. Number four, Keep your resume ideally to one to two pages in length. Number five, essential information that is necessary includes your contact information. How can people get a hold of you? Email and phone number need to be on there. Delete your home address. Not necessary. If you have feedback on this episode or episode suggestions, so things you want to hear us talk about or guests you want us to interview, send them to hello at 1111talent.com. We will select one comment per month for a one-on-one session on a people topic of your choice. So it could be on interview preparation, it could be a vision and goal session, or even defining your purpose. Thank you for tuning in to today's session 11, the human side of business. And that's a mother wrap.